welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. All right, all right. Welcome to the Jeff Macalino Podcast. Uh, I've got a fun one today. Um, before I get to that, I should point out that there is a preliminary trailer for Women Want Everything. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on uh, the Women Want Everything Facebook page. I think I shared it over on the Jeff Macalino Podcast Facebook page. Check it out. Let me know what you think. It's actually the very first time that I have heard my voice in the movie. So <laughs> that was uh, uh, a bit nerve-wracking to me uh, because I, I have said on here before I did a southern accent. Uh, and I'm, I'm not too confident with my accents. Uh, and I, I realized about halfway through filming... I don't actually know what I sound like, but I got to just stick with what I've been doing because it's too late now. We've already shot half the movie. Um, so let me know. Let me know what you think. Check out the uh, check out the uh, preliminary trailer. Uh, again, the premiere May 27th, if you're in the St. Petersburg area. And uh, soon after that. There will be a worldwide release of the film. You'll be able to find it many, many different places. Uh, details on that will be, you know, closer to the release. But you'll be able to find it. Uh, all right. Now, for today's episode, I have Larry Wilson. Uh, just a little background on him. He's an Emmy-nominated performer. He was voted Comedy Magician of the Year in 2017, he has appeared regularly at Caesars Palace, Harrow's, Bally's, and the MGM Grand in Vegas, Reno, Lake Tahoe, and Atlantic City. He's been on network television hundreds of times. Uh, yeah, he's good at what he does, the, the comedy magic. Uh, because he uh, it doesn't take himself too seriously as a magician, but he does tricks that still confound you. Uh, and he's also just very funny. Like individually, he could do either thing, but the combination is fascinating. Uh, you should check out, he's got a lot of videos on YouTube you can find uh, of him performing and it is impressive. And I've got to, I've got to thank uh, my buddy and guest, early guest on the podcast, uh, our Scott Edwards uh, for uh, actually connecting the two of us. Uh, Larry's got a uh, podcast now as well where he talks about the Wilf Wilson, I don't know how I mispronounce his name, <laughs> the Wilson method um, and uh, of communication. And uh, we talk about that. We talk about a lot of stuff uh, he knew going in and uh, I am stunned at uh, how this uh, episode, I think, went well. Um, I, I, I'm this was an 11 p.m. Uh, recorded episode, so uh, I had told him he knew going in, and uh, he was more than accommodating with me. I had been drinking for quite some time, uh, but uh, I, he said he had a great time. I definitely had a great time from what I can remember, and uh, 
yeah, this this is it. Unedited and uncut. Uh, this this interview went. Um, he's on the West Coast. So for me, it was from 11 p.m. to a, a little after midnight. Uh, so the latest episode of the Jeff Macalino podcast ever recorded. So uh, he's he's set uh, another record, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that uh, ranks right up there with being, you know, comedy magician of the year. <laughs> but no, this was a great conversation. Larry, it, I'm a fan of his just from, you know, watching him perform. It's uh, it's impressive. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. I'll see you on the postscript. And right before we go to Larry, we've got some impor- important words from our sponsors. Hey, folks, you know, I talk about mental health on this podcast a lot uh, with my own struggles. Uh, a lot of times I talk to guests about their struggles. And uh, that being said, I uh, want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. As a bonus, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Macalino. That's BetterHelp.com slash M-A-C-O-L-I-N-O. All right, everybody. I am very pleased to welcome Larry Wilson to the Jeff Macalino podcast. Larry, how are you, sir? If I felt any better, I'd hurt. (laughs) That's the best answer I've ever had to that question. (laughs) You know, at one point, somebody somebody told me that uh, sneezing was like one ninth of an orgasm. And I I believe that. I was sitting next to a guy who who had allergies or something, and I'm like, one more sneeze, and I'm going to have to move. (laughs) There's some joke there uh, analogous to nine lives of a cat. I'll have to think on that because it's... uh, There's something there. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining me. And I, uh, you know, this this is the latest recording of the Jeff Macalino podcast, I think I've ever had. Oh, that's perfect. perfect. On, on East coast time. So, uh, I apologize for joining me. <laughs> it works for me. I was, I was sitting on my couch, uh, because I am a, I'm a bit of a drunk. I'm sitting on my couch waiting for food to arrive. And I'm looking at the time just going later and later and later. And then, 
just like you've been credited five dollars <laughs> your food's not coming and it's like oh god i would have paid five hundred dollars if <laughs> you gave me the option in this moment to be oh like my god. you're not gonna eat today or you pay 10 times what we were oh charging you apparently they've never heard the adage that the army travels on its stomach yeah yeah that, that was a that was a rough that was a that was a big blow that was all bad can you tell my world's been shattered no i have to say you seem very high spirited you don't seem like a man on death's door i am high spirited but the <laughs> maybe a different definition of spirits <laughs> oh uh one thing i'll also say is larry i i uh I got great enjoyment uh, of sitting back and watching your videos uh, oh. that I could find on YouTube. Oh, um, it's I, I I had a podcast earlier today, and uh, literally I was talking to him at one point about this this guy I'm talking to later has <laughs> he's so funny, but he also does magic. And literally, he could do either one without the other, but he could also do either one without the other. And he's so good at both of them. <laughs> very, very high praise. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm glad you actually caught that was a, <laughs> that was a major compliment. It's like oh, this guy oh could be God, a comedian or a magician without doing the other part, and he's great at it. <laughs> well, you're, you're very kind. I'll tell you what's funny, Jeff. It has also been the bane of my career. Mm. I can't tell you how many times I would have uh, agents or managers or one thing or another. And I'll never forget. I, I, I If you hear me not mention something by name, it's because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or embarrass someone. So I'll just tell you, I was at a major casino that will go unnamed. And it was the first time I'd ever been there. And... I was, I'm always, you know, nervous if it's someplace I've never been before. And I went out, I was the opening act in the main room and got an incredible response. I thought, well, God, this is great. And so I went backstage and after the show, I called my manager in Los Angeles and I said, uh, you'll probably want to call the entertainment director tomorrow because they're going to want to uh, talk about future bookings. He said, oh, great, great. So later, like the next day, he calls me, he goes, now what exactly happened? I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, just tell me. I said, I got a fantastic response from the audience and stuff. He said, okay, let me call you back tomorrow. And I'm thinking, what, what's going on? So he calls me back the next day. He says, yeah, you're not going to be working there again. And I, I said, what? He said, well, I talked to the entertainment director and he was very clearly something about you put him off. I said, I couldn't have been nicer. I was totally professional, polite. He said, well, I, I said, you know, he said, yeah, I said, it's not really, Larry's not really right for us here. And my manager said to him, well, I heard that Larry got a really great reception that they loved him. And this entertainment director for the hotel said, well, the audience did. <laughs> and my manager said, what more do you want? The guy said, I just don't, 
I don't get what he is. Is he a comic or is he a magician? And my manager said, well, he's sort of both. And then he said, yeah, I don't, I don't really like that. Oh my God. And it, it happened to me more than once where it was clearly confusing to people. You know, we, we would like you to be more easily identifiable. Yeah, they, if we can't put you in a category, mm-hmm. you're confusing to us. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes that, you know? That's so weird. And and literally that again, I, I was sitting, I was sitting here eight hours ago. I've been drinking a long time. Uh, I was sitting here talking to uh uh Neil Berlinger, uh, Berlin Berliner, who who might know you, uh, because I mentioned I'm talking to and he's like, I know a guy out in California who's very successful at that. And I'm like, well, I, I feel like I'm talking to the best one. Uh, <laughs> but he was we were talking about impressionists, and it was the same thing. He's like, people judge impressionists. And I'm like, yes, and and magicians. And, and I'm like, look, I, I've talked to a hypnotist on this podcast, and it's like, comedy is a broad spectrum. If you can be funny... And then add something to it: impressions, magic, uh, 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 hypnotism. That that might be the scariest of the three. <laughs> hypnotism. Well, sure. But no, you're. But you're absolutely right, Jeff. Um, do you know this is this is reaching way back? You ever heard of a performer named Victor Borga? I've heard the name. Yes. Like from the fifties, I want to say, he was like a classically trained pianist fantastic perform on the piano but hysterically funny and would sort of play stuff and then interrupt himself with hilarious just hilarious obviously squeaky clean stuff um (laughs) but you know it's exactly what you're saying if you can add something to it if you can bring something else to it yeah uh you won. Um, I, I've gone off memory, so if I'm wrong, obviously I apologize. But didn't you win an award for being the uh, some sort of uh, not some sort of like being the uh, best, some, <laughs> some sort of being the best <laughs> magic comedian some, or something? Some sort of annoying person. Well, <laughs> you're very kind. I won a comedy magician of the year. Comedy in, magician, uh, yes. 2017. And uh, obviously, of course, is enormously flattering. Um, you know, when you do this, it always feels weird because the first thing that comes to mind is I can think of half a dozen comedy magicians who I think are much better than me. But that's because I'm inside me. I'm seeing it from inside me. Sure. You know, and everyone has their things they like or don't like about whatever it is they do personally. But uh, obviously, very, very flattering to be recognized that way. I, but oh, it, I'm tell I'm I'm telling you, man. I I uh, I I know I just interrupted your answer, and I regret it already. But no, no. <laughs> but uh, but in all seriousness, like I I I love magic, and I've watched a bunch of your videos, and it's like this guy is the 
best comedian who does who, who, oh. and i don't mean that as an insult I, i'm like i know no. part of me hesitates to be like the best comedian who does magic but no, it's like no. all it means to me is that you right. clearly have been drinking a lot today is that <laughs> yes you didn't just have a couple that you've been doing this really seriously yeah this is whiskey this is not <laughs> oh oh well then that explains everything <laughs> this is like my fifth so yeah That's very very it's aggressive. Explains, explains what it is impressive. You know, I'll tell you, <laughs> I guess what it what it makes me think of is it's fantastic to have people enjoy what you do. You know, mm -hmm. that's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. And uh it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter whether you bake pies or you um, build fences or you do podcasts, it doesn't <laughs> matter what seriously, whatever it is you do. To have people say, oh, you know, I heard your podcast. It was fantastic. I, it's a great feeling. So it's, um, it is obviously, of course, uh, very nice to hear. But you just, as a performer, you don't ever want to take that stuff too seriously. You know, it's. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it, it's. Uh, again, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not. I'm not trying to butter your bread or whatever the saying is too much. But it's like, why? I'm like, Penn and Teller. I'm like, oh, Larry Wilson is. He's funnier. Like they're great. Right. They're great. They're great. They're, they're a duo too. So you got to divide them right. by half. So and it's a whole. <laughs> it's such an interesting thing, Penn and Teller, because there's so much about it that's so clever. And I mean, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing them. This is how long ago it was, Jeff. There were three of them. It was really? Penn, Teller, and a third guy whose name I don't remember. He was in San Francisco at a theater. <laughs> they had a show called the Asparagus Valley Cultural Society. And <laughs> I can't I can't remember what the third guy did. Like I can't remember if he was musical, if he played an instrument. Can't remember he definitely was, didn't but... talk or move, right? <laughs> I don't he may have talked. I but clearly Penn and Teller were doing the same stuff that they became famous for and everything. It was so interesting to see. And even then I could see, wow, these guys have a thing going on that's very unique, very original, you know. Um it's funny when I start to think of, you know, you and I have nothing planned here. You and I are really talking freeform. So it's funny when you say this, I start to think of guys you might know. Guys, do you know the comedy magician Michael Finney? Uh, yes, I've heard of him. Out of Arizona. It's like, like screamingly funny, hysterically funny. And I have a... I obviously have a bias. You can tell from if you've been watching my stuff. I like, well, I can tell you. When I, the first time I met Sammy Davis Jr., I was performing in a show in Tahoe in a review show. And after the show, there was a knock on the door and he leaned in and said, Babe, I love what you did. And I was sort of like, Oh, hi. He said, it was fantastic. It was all attitude. And I said, I, that's exactly right. That's what I, well, to me, that's particularly funny. 
when you're you're not so much doing jokes as you're presenting an attitude that shows your state of mind and how you see the world. And so when I I think of people like Michael Finney, hysterically funny. And so much of it is you get a sense of how he's seeing things, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, one of the... Pardon me. What... <laughs> What are the jokes that had me crying over this weekend? Because I, 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 I was watching it with other people at times. And when you did the, I've got the magic powder. <laughs> yeah, just that was just like, do you think I was going to waste it on this trick? I, I, I think that was the one time I did that. And well, I was. Now, what's oh. so funny, of course, is what a time capsule that is, Jeff. Because, of course, that's from the 80s. Right. And probably before oh, I was born or maybe right around then. It, <laughs> you know, I, I would be scared to try that gag now. You know, there there are things, there were lines, there were routines that times change. You know, it's crazy actually. My career has been so peculiar. When I first started performing, a lot of what I was doing, I was spoofing people's idea of what a magician was yeah and the longer i performed i mean i was i was more astonished than anyone that i was receiving all these opportunities and getting to go places and meet people and work with people and what's so strange is i've now developed like this second personality or persona i guess I realized that what I really do, what I think my greatest skill is, is as a communicator. And and I I think you're right. Uh, I but I also, for the record, I also look back and I'm like, this guy was a world class comedian who happened to know some sleight of hand. And and I'm and that's minimizing it, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't I, say it because I know I <laughs> magic is so hard. I don't think you're minimizing it at all. I think <laughs> for a guy who's been drinking all day, you have an astonishingly acute perception of what I do. Uh, I think that's a <laughs> very clear description of me. Um, although I, I don't think of myself as a world class comedian. I think of myself as a guy who has a very clearly, at least in my head, I have a clearly defined a viewpoint on life and the world. And I saw early on that the more I could show that to the audience, the more I could reveal that, the more they enjoyed it. Now, I did know some a little sleight of hand. It's always embarrassing for me when I get together with other really famous magicians, because these guys have some serious chops. They start breaking out these moves, like when we're in private and stuff, that is melting my brain. And uh, I'll look at some of the stuff they're doing and I'm just thinking, I, I can't for the life of me figure out how you're doing what you're doing. I, you I love, I love, <laughs> what you just i love that because i'm i'm always thinking like 
when you, I mean, you've, I'm sure you've been in the situation with a comedian who's like, this guy is crazy funny. He's definitely not socially acceptable. Like he can't talk to other people, which there, there is a, there's a schism there. I would say yeah. between communicators and great comedians and they, they're not, there's definitely strengths and weaknesses. That's right. Uh, there's a, there's not a clear overlap there. No, yeah, uh, it, it's like this guy's a comedy genius, but he couldn't talk to my grandmother, or he would, I, I he'd go to jail, or <laughs> he's just right. he he well, doesn't know how it, to function in society. It's so interesting. No, you uh. Your observation here is is so perceptive because that is exactly what I saw around me as I was. I had no mentors in show business. I didn't. Well, not at first. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And what happened? What's so strange is I was very lucky, and. Uh, superstars like sammy davis so i mentioned or mm -hmm. uh, uh Anne margaret or the pointer sisters or people like this were reaching out to me to work with them and then i was being asked to work on films and on tv stuff with famous people and it was so interesting because what i started to see was well, there's a there's a panoply of things, but what I immediately <laughs> recognized was the really successful superstars in entertainment all shared these qualities of being expert communicators. And I would see them do stuff sometimes. Now, clearly, some of them were working on instinct. They didn't know what they were doing. They just like they'd either seen someone or they just did it by. I, some kind of native cunning or something. I don't know. It's and a gift. I, I, <laughs> well, I would ask them. I would say, hey, how did you do that? Blah, blah. And they go, I don't know what you're talking about. And I go, oh, okay. So they're not aware of it at all. But there were other ones who were so clearly, consciously employing certain techniques. And I'd say, oh, I just saw you do blah, blah, blah. What was that about? And they'd turn and say to me, oh, yeah, and they'd explain and deconstruct the entire thing. And I realized, uh, and this is the craziest, this is why I say I have these dual personas now. In the last five years, uh, over the last 20, 25 years, frequently I was hired to help people who wanted to improve their communication. But it was usually just one-on-one. -on -one, and it was uh, frequently with uh, famous people. And they did not want that advertised. They wanted, you know, whatever, wherever they appeared, they wanted it to seem like, oh, I'm a natural, you know, which is fine. But I started to realize that I had accumulated so much technique that I could transfer to anyone, uh, anyone who speaks English. If you speak English <laughs> well enough to understand me, that I could teach anyone these communication techniques and I sort of put together this uh, training that I call Wilson Method. And that's the origin. That's where it all came from, is watching these people doing these amazing things. And, uh, you know, 
it's funny. I think you mentioned earlier, you said, oh, before I was born. <laughs> before you were born, I don't think these communication techniques and secrets, I don't think they were so uncommon. I think everyone knew them. But I think in recent years, uh, probably because of advances in technology, a lot of communication skills have fallen by the wayside. And so yeah. it's interesting. I mean, uh, I mean I I I'm hitting several different points here, but that's one of the reasons it's flattering to me that you appreciate what I do as a performer, because I'm always inclined to think, oh, you know, maybe younger people it doesn't connect with. And that's all I'm trying to do is connect with you. Well, and I, I'll I'll tell you this, as a 36-year-old a who has children who are about to be 13 and 10, I made them watch some YouTube videos of you. Because <laughs> I'm like, look at this guy. He is so funny. He's going to be on my podcast. And I was like trying to brag, and they're like, in this video from the 1990s or something. And I'm like, I don't care what it's from. It doesn't matter. It's funny. But I'm curious. <laughs> so what was your kid's reaction? Did it did it did it resonate in any way with them? Yeah, my so I'm a guy who who DVRs uh Penn and Teller fool us. Mm -hmm. And my son watches it with me. My daughter's like, this is oh. stupid. I'm too mm -hmm. cool for this. I, well, I'm, right. I'm going upstairs. So that was the reaction when I put it on. My son's like, this guy's funny. Oh, that's funny. I pe I, I pick videos that were, you know, not you. <laughs> you weren't pretending to do cocaine. <laughs> Good thinking. Good thinking. Yeah. I, although, actually, that's a lie. I'm pretty sure he's like, what is cocaine? What? What is that? Oh, I'm like, God. it's oh no no, it wasn't you. It was cocaine bear. Never mind. Don't touch <laughs> her. It's not my Thank fault. God. I. It's Thank definitely not God. your fault. It's not my fault. It was an ad for cocaine bear on television, and my son's like, "Oh, that's funny." What is cocaine? And I'm like, special juju speed up juice. <laughs> yes, it's something that you eat. That makes you really angry and mean to other people. Yeah. Well, in fairness, I wish I had some before this interview, and that's not to blame you. I feel like I'm doing okay. But You're like doing great. It's been a long You're... I'm I'm a good communicator, which is why well, yes. probably our mutual friend referred me to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you something. One of the principal elements I teach in Wilson Method is active listening. Now, you, of course, whether it's by practice or by nature, I don't know, you're very good at this. And that's what makes you a good podcaster. There's some people who, you know, uh, there's an Academy Award-winning actor who I was good friends with, uh, who's no longer with us, a guy named uh, Carl Malden who was in Streetcar Named Desire and On the Waterfront, Marlon Brando, and won a couple of Academy Awards. Actually. But one time I asked him, I just said, uh, I said, Carl, can you tell the difference between a good actor and a bad actor? And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. 
Now, this is a guy you understand who'd worked on Broadway in a streetcar named Desire. I guess they did like two or three years on Broadway. And he said, yeah, it's very simple. He said, when you're doing a show eight times a week and you do it for years, you know exactly every single line, you know what the next line's coming, you know all that. He said, but you're trying to listen to the actors talking to you as if you have no idea what they're about to say. You've heard it 500 times, right? But you're listening like, I don't know what they're going to say. And trying to react when they say it, like trying to process. What is yeah. it, right? He said, a bad actor is just waiting for when it's their turn to talk. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You literally, I don't think you'd see, I... I actually have tears in my eyes from <laughs> what you just said because I I got the acting bug and I was a lead in a comedy film and my big I, I I think I said this in my podcast that came out uh it will now be four episodes ago but um it was like I actually if I'm reading a script I don't want to know the other people's lines because if I hear them for the first time, I, I'm authentically going to react to them. And uh, I, I, I was told by a production assistant or two, like uh, in this movie, again, I'm one of the four guys, there's four leads. And uh, I was the least uh, improvised on speaking lines but I was the most improvised on physicality. And it's like, that's because I only knew my cue. I didn't read the other people's line. I didn't want to know their lines. I wanted to literally just be like, oh, okay. I'm right. playing a very really? stupid Southern. <laughs> no, no, really hearing it. Yeah. I <laughs> um, I mean, I, f I felt like that was the best I could do for this role was just Absolutely. just Absolutely. respond. Oh my God. Now, you know, this makes me think of a, a, a story that may or may not be appropriate. But <laughs> the first time that I really perceived that uh, power of active listening. It's many, many years ago. I knew a girl. Who was popular at the Playboy Mansion in Los Angeles. And she brought me up there to a party one night. And uh, it was uh, quite a scene. It was a fantastic, uh, fantastic scene. And um, hundreds of people there. And, you know, it's just incredible. Um, and she said, oh, I really want you to meet Hef. And I said, you know, I don't think Hef wants to meet me. She said, oh, no, no. You'll really like him. I was like, oh, okay. All right. So she drags me over and says, oh, Hef, this is my friend Larry. I want to talk about And he uh, turns and I said, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deb told me um, you just graduated from University of California. I said, uh, yeah. And he said, what was your major? And I said, oh, uh, film and television production and he said oh 
do you like film noir? And I said, yeah, I, I love film noir. And he said, do you like the bad and the beautiful, which was this classic film noir from the 50s? I said, are you kidding? It's fantastic. What an incredible film. And he said, isn't Gloria Graham the most luminous creature you've ever seen? I said, yes. Now, let me ask you something. Why didn't she become a bigger star? And he said, well, he said, I don't know, but but her face shape was very different than what starlets look like. And and the popular starlets of that time, Rosalind Russell and Rita Hayworth, were all brunettes. And Gloria Graham was blonde and sort of looked a little different. Next thing I know, I'm talking to him for like 40 minutes in the middle of this gigantic crowd in his house. And I look around, there's people looking at me like they want to strangle me. And I said, oh, I said, look, you know, I, I didn't mean to monopolize your time. I said, um, this is such a great thing. It's so great to meet you. And he said, oh, it's really great to meet you. And I went away thinking, no wonder this guy is so successful with women. Yeah. He's clearly listening to me. And his response to me makes it absolutely clear that he really sees and hears me. And when I've told this to other people, sometimes someone will say, well, yeah, but, you know, what if he didn't? It so happens he knew film and he knew film noir. What if he didn't? Then I said, I'll tell you exactly what I think would happen, but I have to cough first. <laughs> Pardon me. He'd, he'd do what Jeff Macalino does on this podcast. <laughs> well, that's right. We hit the cough button. I said, I can tell you exactly what I think he would have done. He would have said, I don't know anything about film. Tell me, what's your favorite part? That's exactly, exactly where my head was. Right. You don't have to know everything. But if you're really listening, you can have as profound an effect on the person you're communicating with as if you were speaking. That that is beautiful, and that you know, <laughs> I want to shift the focus on you, but I will say that that's a thing that uh, in uh, the alcohols kicking with me, and I'm got to move my <laughs> headphones here. Here we go. All right. <laughs> uh, it, a lot of people say, you know, you're a great listener. And I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not a great listener. I'm a great responder to, to, to cues. And. Well, I think I, you're being modest. Because <laughs> of course, the truth is you cannot respond unless you've been listening. Mm. That's true. There's, there's gotta be a little. Um, and that's why I think I'm a moderately success successful podcaster. Absolutely, <laughs> it, it is is a, I can do a, a lot of listening, little listening. Um, but the 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 Wilson method that is that's 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 what you've got. <laughs> 
Well, I, I'll tell you, it um, it's the craziest thing because, of course, if you had told me five years ago, I would have said, that's madness, you know. Um, but the genesis really was a, a professor from MIT saw me someplace speaking about something. I can't recall now what it was, but he came up to me afterwards and he said, uh, he said, you know, you're a very funny comedy magician. He said, but I think your real talent lies in your communication skills. And I, I said, well, thank you. I appreciate it. He said, could I hire you to come to MIT and train some of our grad students in to improve their communication? He said, they're all geniuses, but they aren't good at communicating their ideas. And I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to. So I went and did that, and it was a resounding success. And I was astonished by how they really responded, and they were so enthusiastic about it. And I thought, oh, I've always thought this was only something that would appeal to show business people. But now I find out that actual humans are <laughs> even more interested in it. Actual humans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, uh, if for whatever reason, I just thought, oh, no, no. And that really was the impetus. And this professor, uh, Alan Oppenheim at MIT, he just said, yeah, yeah. After we had done this uh, weekend thing of training with these people, he just said, this is what you should really be doing. And I said, well, I don't think I'll ever stop uh, performing as a magician, but I think I will add this because it's so interesting. And it's particularly interesting to me because it's always different for me teaching people and showing people. And, uh, you know, and, you know, this godforsaken thing, we've just come out of this COVID pandemic thing. I never would have predicted this in a million years, but more than one person reached out to me and said, could you sort of put together something that's online training for Wilson Method? And I was like, sure, why not? I mean, I can do it. It just would never have occurred to me. And so I'm just about to roll that out now. I've been working on that the last two years. And uh, it's very exciting, you know, just because it's something new, you know. And it's... It, it really is the the secret of just figuring out how to talk to other people. It, yeah. it is now a specialty. I mean, it, I mean, isn't that interesting by itself? Like the fact right. that just talking to another human. And, and look, I think we're a good example. Uh, I've been drinking for eight hours and forty minutes, <laughs> probably nine hours, and. And I assume you haven't, but if you have, good for no, you. No, no, I have. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I feel like the two of us have had great communication methods because we listen to each other, we respond to each other, and uh, most people can't do that basic function anymore, Isn't or maybe ever. <laughs> well, you know, of course. I, I am the eternal optimist. Uh, I agree with you. I think there's most people cannot do it, but I think they can learn to do it. And, you know, I've been training people uh, in this Wilson method now for almost 25 years. Uh, 
I've never had a failure. If people will actually employ the techniques and practice them and do them, I've seen extraordinary things. Um, and, you know, it's also funny because you and I are doing this online. Yep. And, you know, we're on opposite coasts. And that's such a wild technological thing. But it comes with certain stumbling blocks. There's some people who have a hard, very hard time doing this. And those are some of the things that I address in Wilson Methods that you have to, I'll say sometimes there's three Ds. You have to determine your goal, define the means of transmission, and then deploy the tools that you're taught in Wilson Method. And defining the means of transmission, you and I doing this on Zoom requires very different skills than if you and I were sitting in a television studio face-to-face. -face. Or if we were just on an audio, if we were just on a telephone talking, or we were in person talking, all of these require different specific skills. And anyone can learn them. Uh, they're all so simple, so basic, but you have to do it intentionally. You know, you can't, so many times I see people, you know, the first D in those three Ds I say is determine your goal in the communication. I'm sure you've seen this too, Jeff, where people come into, it could be a meeting, it could be an interview, could be anything, and they have made no thought in advance about what they're going to say or do. They're just planning to shoot from the hip. Oh, it'll be fine. Well, it usually isn't fine. It's usually a car crash, you know? Well, in fairness, that's kind of my approach. But but, but I've watched a that. bunch of Larry Wilson videos, so it's not See, like I'm unprepared. Right. Exactly. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this guy. So well, I'm just going to shoot from the hip, but I really like his product. See, <laughs> see that's doing preparation. Right. And your, uh, I mean, your podcast too, man. Like I, oh, we, okay. we haven't brought that up. We've got to bring it up. Sure. <laughs> the, the podcast is, by the way, the other thing is, I've been told I've got a nice voice and yep. uh, uh, I'm like, I like listening to his podcast. Even if he was just like, just gibbering, gibbering gib <laughs> not a word. It is now. <laughs> it is now, baby. Even if he was just pronouncing gibberish words, I think that's gibbering. Yep. It's like, uh, I, I like to listen to Larry talk. <laughs> Well, thanks. But but that's not doing justice to your podcast is great. Tell tell my listeners about your podcast, please. Well, my podcast is called How to Talk to Humans. And it's very much what you and I have been talking about here all night is yeah. it's um you know, I'm teaching a lot of the techniques of Wilson Method in there. I'm also uh, talking about really where it came from. You know, it was funny. Um, I don't often talk about this, but uh, it seems sort of appropriate here. Um, I had a very nice uh, childhood. 
and loving parents. My father was a esteemed and very renowned psychoanalyst. Mm. And I've met a couple of people since I was grown up who were patients of his who just flat out said, oh yeah, your father saved my life. I, I'll never forget. My father rarely talked about his work ever. And so I would hear some of these stories sometimes when I was grown up later. There was a man uh, uh, from Bangladesh, I think, originally. And I remember his name only because as a kid, I'd heard the name and it was so exotic, but I won't repeat it here. But he told me that when he was in treatment with my father for many years, he had suicidal ideation and very, very depressed. And my father apparently helped him work through this. And he said that he carried with him daily a vial of poison in case he just decided today's the day. I just can't take it anymore. And he said, at one point he told my father about that. And my father's response, which is is hilarious to me. I don't think to normal people it, this will be hilarious. My father's response while hearing this was, how unfortunate. <laughs> and I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> you know, my father's great gift was that he had trouble connecting with people emotionally. <laughs> and I think that made him a fantastic psychoanalyst. Yes. Because he, he didn't, he wasn't emotionally invested in it. <laughs> and sometimes I think for some people that's hard to understand, but it's like if you have a, if you have to have some kind of complicated heart surgery, you don't want a surgeon who's all wrapped up in, oh my God, I've got to do my very best work. It's so bad. Be, <laughs> right. I want them to be totally detached. This is just a machine I'm working on. I know how to re-sew this valve. and do... That's what you want. And so the only reason I give you this long, drawn-out explanation is, as a child, I could tell my father loved me and he was present, but I didn't feel like he really saw me. I didn't feel like he heard me. And he never did anything that was abusive or unkind. There was just an odd detachment with him. And I could even see sometimes, I could see that it, it seemed as if he was trying to achieve this thing that he saw humans doing, but somehow right. there was some missing part from him or something. Now, my mother wasn't like that at all. My mother, lovely, warm, uh, effusive, and loving person, and probably why the two of them stayed together for so many years, all their lives. Um, but I can remember from a very young age I felt drawn to people whose communication really 
made a connection with you? Uh, kind of cuts of the chase, right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. That's that's the um, that's me. Hey, yeah, that's that's one thing with me. I I I I I have so sincere regret because because of uh you know this this past weekend I I hammered my friends like i need to see people i need to go out i feel like i'm in a simulation i'm seeing the same people i can't just go to my friend's house and drink i need to go out and uh i go out and i'm like i'm gonna cry about this <laughs> that's okay i'm gonna i'm gonna express my emotions about this I'm I'm gonna scream this thing that's not socially socially acceptable. Maybe I don't know, but I, I I need to express it out in the open, and I just need my friends to be like, "All right, just just whatever." I, I'm gonna take it, and it's a it's the same with uh, actually. I mean, I remember. I believe it or not, I drank a lot and I was blackout drunk. And my dad has uh, some sort of heart condition that he was diagnosed with this week. That's not good. Oh. And I, uh, I just bawled like a baby <laughs> with my friend. And uh, it's like, just let it out. Mm -hmm. Just get it out. We're not going to talk about this again. <laughs> And right. it's like that. Uh, that's that's okay. Of course, if you try to hold that stuff in, it doesn't go away. No. No, and 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 that's at the. Uh, but I feel like that that's your your emotion method. Uh, it, same thing goes with comedy. It's like just mm -hmm. you got to get it all out. Don't. Don't Absolutely. hold it. Don't hold it. Just get it. it. It's so funny, Jeff. It's it seems so simple. I, I think it is simple. But at the same time, I think for a lot of people, it's elusive. Because I think we all feel like, oh, it's got to be more complicated than that. There's got to be there's got to be something that's much more difficult and torturous to achieve but it isn't really that if you can let people see your authentic self in the way you communicate they uh, uh, my experience has been they find that irresistible yeah it's it's very compelling you know um when people try to be dramatic, I think it's a turnoff. It's really off-putting. But if you are talking like you were just talking there, it's um, it makes for very compelling communication. And my feeling is that that's what we really want at the foundation of all our communication. We want to be seen and heard. We don't want to feel like we're invisible. You know, we want people to really see and hear us. Yeah. Uh, seen, heard, and felt, right? 
I mean, that, yeah. that's yeah. it. Um, now I'm, I, I'm feeling emotional because I've been drinking for so long, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'll also say, I feel like I took a, I, I'm not going to say this in a way that's bad, but I'm definitely going to say this in a way that's bad, but I feel like I've took a class and it's like, I think Larry, I think Larry knows I'm good at what I, uh, emotion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, there's, you know, I mean, it's a little bit unfair. It's a little bit like loading the deck. You host a podcast. <laughs> obviously, you're good at this. If if you had a terrible screeching, uh, abrasive voice and you didn't listen to people, I don't think you would have a podcast. Uh, what are you talking with... about? That's right. Maybe there's somebody <laughs> out there. It's possible, I guess. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I think people gravitate towards things for which they receive positive uh, confirmation that uh, you do something. If you're uh, if you're really good at throwing a baseball and you strike out a bunch of people people applaud and say oh you know you pitched a no hit i mean that makes us uh, focus more on that thing that we got positive confirmation for you know so it we could also do a great long baseball podcast if you're interested but <laughs> <laughs> I, were, I, I i i had an american league championship ring for did you really yeah, I worked for the for the Tampa Bay Rays. They're one oh, of the wow. logos behind me. Uh, yeah. My, I'll tell you a story. I'll probably edit this out of the podcast. I, I, I don't oh. know why I would, but so I I feel like this is like not not work for you. I think you might enjoy no. this. I no. was in a hotel room, so when the Devil Rays switched to, they wanted to rebrand to be the Rays. Mm-hmm. And I was a college student, but I worked for the Rays because I I was dedicated. I was I was hardcore. And they're like, "Do you want to be a an usher?" I'm like, "Not really. I want to watch the game." And they're like, "All right, we'll, we'll find something." And somebody had a heart attack, and literally, they're like, "All right, you're gonna do the press credentials <laughs> for the press credentials." And I'm like, "Press credentials." So so literally, it was like, uh, you know. ESPN guy. Uh, all right, you got to come to me and I'm going to give you your credential again into the game. So it went from being like the guy dealing with the homeless people in the streets to being the guy who was like, all right, famous. Bro. My second day on the job, Susan Sarandon came to me for a press credential. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like a bad gig. No, God. <laughs> I was 18 years old. So so I was working for them and 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 the worst team in the league and then Joe Madden came in and then uh, we we went to the World Series and I already forgot what story I was going to tell. Uh Oh, uh, well, my best story, it doesn't matter when we were transitioning from the Devil Rays to the Rays, we did a whole reveal where where this was the old, this was the devil rays, what I'm wearing right now. And uh we transitioned to the rays, the bright new blue and and everything. And I spent a day in a hotel room 
with Don Zimmer, rest in peace, Wade Boggs, Hall of Fame, mm. Fred McGriff mm. just got inducted in the Hall of Fame, uh, Dave Ooh. Martinez, uh, uh, who, who who's a World Series winning manager for the Nationals, even though I, he's been fired. Uh, uh, Tom Foley uh, and a few other coaches, everyone but but Don Zimmer. And we're sitting in this room and we are just talking crap about Major League Baseball players. I'm sitting here like Wade Boggs is like, man, Kevin Euclid is a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes, I hate him. And Fred McGriff, oh, we're, we're all trumming in, and it's like, this is the best moment of my life. <laughs> I am I am in the conversation with literal Hall of Famers. I'm 21 years Actually, I was not even 21. I was 20 and almost 21. Oh, my God. <laughs> Because I remember one of the things my boss said was like, you have to drive this to the airport because it needs to get to Access Hollywood before a certain time. Here's my car. You drive. So I drive 150 miles an hour over the bridge back. And and they're like, he's like, you did it? I'm like, yes, I did it. He's like, yes, have a drink. And I'm like, I'm not old enough. He's like... (laughs) This is a private party. You can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> and, and, uh, Welcome he, to Florida. He, he 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 handed me a beer. And he's like, do you want Wade Boggs to kiss you? Because he's kissing people. He's that drunk. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. No. Now, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, man, I wish Wade Boggs kissed me. <laughs> well. That I guess is uh, everyone's a regret. It's all the men they didn't kiss. So, right. Well, my thing is like it, it, he did, and it, I got. I, I guess since I brought up this story, and I apologize for dragging you into this, but <laughs> no, since I, like I brought it. up this story. We were like we were at the we were at the Vinoy, and the Vinoy Park was across the street, and and I was in charge of walking him back to the hotel, and Don Zimmer. Who, uh, super celebrities, Wade Boggs and Don Zimmer. So, so walking back, uh, Wade Boggs had drank seventy-seven beers, <laughs> and and he's walking back, and he's like, "Hey, you ready to you ready to go?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And he Wade Boggs at this time is my size. I mean, he's a little over six feet. He's over 200 pounds but he's not like a monster so 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 i'm walking back and people are swarming us and he is like if you touch him i will not sign your autograph you stay away you whack up back up back up and he's signing (laughs) autographs as he goes and he's like let him walk let him walk he's protecting me the whole time i'm like i'm like Thank you, my angel Wade Boggs. <laughs> the whole time he's like, do not touch him. Stay away from if you get in his way, if you trip him, I will not sign your autograph. Oh my god. He's screaming at people just to get me. And I'm walking him to the hotel. So I'm obviously helping, but he's but to me, I'm like, he's a guardian angel. 
That's a fantastic story. <laughs> it's a fantastic story. And then he 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 knew how to do it. He he got me you the know? whole way there. And the one guy who actually started playing defense, he's like, I see you. Keep keep guarding a path for him. <laughs> That's the voice of experience, yeah. 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 Uh so so Wade Ball. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. He has vision I, that no one else has. <laughs> I I totally believe it. That's hysterical. Oh my god, that's yeah. funny. But in hindsight, I wish I had gone with the do you want white bugs to kiss you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I should have yeah. been like, sure, sure, why not? <laughs> well we all have our little regrets. Yes, yes. That's uh you know. Uh, Larry, um, I appreciate you so much being on here and, uh, oh, my pleasure, man. No, uh, literally you, you, uh, like have given me hours of entertainment. So, so I feel oh, like, boy. I feel like I'm talking to Wade Boggs a little bit. Like, thank <laughs> I you. I should be so lucky. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. For... Well, I'm delighted. I I'm delighted to have met you, uh, it's always, again, I feel like it's like the deck is sort of weighted. When I get to meet someone like you, I already know, like I said, you obviously know what you're doing. You have a real podcast. So it's something not like you're going to be, well, you're not going to be tongue tied or something like that. So uh, I thought, um, I thought it was really interesting. I'm very pleased that we got a chance to connect here. Um, you know what? In fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Um, if you or any of your people uh, who are listening, if they're interested in a Wilson method, I'm going to put up a special page. Um, they can always, of course, uh, go to the website, which is thewilsonmethod.com. But rather than do that, I'm going to put up a special page and uh, I'll make it thewilsonmethod.com slash Jeff, J-E-F-F. <laughs> and I'm going to put some special stuff there. And there's a ton of stuff for free that they can check out. But if someone's interested in a Wilson Method training online... <laughs> <laughs> pardon me um i'm gonna do a massive discount for people who come from your show so i'll know if they come to that page the wilson slash jeff then i'll know they're your people um because i have to assume that anyone who is a regular listener to your show is probably like you doesn't that make sense i mean I don't know if that's a compliment, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if it is or not. I don't know. Um, but uh, it just means that their sensibility, I think, has to be like yours. And you and I hit it off so well that I have to assume. I, I've done interviews with people where I clearly felt like there was no connection going on. Um, I've done, uh, for some reason, I think of them on TV sometimes. I've done some interviews where people were sort of looking at me like, 
I had two heads or I was speaking Martian or something. Um, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why, but that's uh, very different. This feels like I've kind of known you forever. Um, Thank you. I sort of wish... <laughs> I sort of wish I was in St. Pete's for the weekend here. Well, well, if you ever are in St. Pete for a weekend, well, uh, we'll have a good time. <laughs> I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, it, it's um, uh, and I, uh, yeah, it, this this is something generally I should say probably after I end the interview, but um. No, I I appreciate you too because it's like that. I feel like I'm talking to a friend. <laughs> like well, we it's... we have not ever spoken. I, I we exchanged a few emails, but not right. a lot. No, and no. I, I I I feel like I'm talking to a guy I went to school with almost. That that's how it feels, and I chalk this up. Now, this is my bias, of course, but I always chalk this up to good communication skills. That you could really feel this way with almost anyone you met. If your communication is good, if their communication is good. Uh, it's just been my, my personal experience in life. Um. You know, I'll tell you something. This is, a, I don't know if this has any place in the podcast or not. I did a show a million years ago. I was in Lansing, Michigan. I have no idea how I wound up there. There was some comedy club or something there. I performed there. The neck, I was there for three nights or something. And after the first night, I, I somehow wound up in some fast food joint. I don't know, but it was some local place I'd never heard of. And I was waiting in line and I was so annoyed. I don't know why, but people in front of me were taking longer. They were confused. And, and I was just thinking, oh, God, these people are idiots. <laughs> and one of them turned around and looked at me and said, hey, you're the magic guy. And <laughs> I, I said, oh, uh, yeah, they said, we saw you last night. You're fantastic. And of course, my evaluation of them completely changed. And then I realized, I thought, oh, that's what this is all about. It's me trying to connect with everyone in the world so that anywhere I go, I have friends. <laughs> and that's that's really what I know other people have other goals and aspirations in show business. And they want a million dollars and a castle and a uniform and a horse and a sword and the whole thing. But... I didn't realize at the time, but I realized that's really why I'm, I do this. Like I feel so much better now and I feel silly for being uh, irritable with those people. And if I could feel this way about everyone in the world, what a great experience it would be. It's funny. No, uh, I, I, I feel you a hundred percent. It's, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll spare you more stories about this weekend because I'm right. sunburned. Obviously I had a good weekend, but 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's it it it's funny when it's like ah, just listen to my podcast. I swear we'll be friends. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy thing. But I bet that's also I bet that's the reason why uh, the popularity of podcasts has grown. Because people like you um, must attract people who, even though they're not, uh, there's no give and take, they're just listening to you. They must feel like they really are friends with you. That's, yeah, I, I like to think it, right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the, the whole, like, you know, I give you the whole story. You, yeah. you, you take what you want from me and... I, I think most people like to take it all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why not? Hey, and that's great for me and for them, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Larry, th this has been, and I was so worried about this interview. And <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. No, no. Well, hey, there were two reasons. One yeah. is I was very intimidated by your ability oh. <laughs> there there's a and and uh i uh, you know scott introduced us too mm -hmm. which was like all right well uh, i'm uh, i'm afraid now <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 shooting real high uh and then i then i you know i'm like oh wait i actually know this guy before he introduced us i'm like wait no i i know him this is not like a stranger. This is like I I've actually watched his work and I've admired it. <laughs> so so the whole thing. And then this is the latest interview that's ever been done on the Jeff Macalino podcast. I'm like, all right, this is this is gonna be a drunken mess. <laughs> and no. I feel like things worked out pretty well. <laughs> I, I think it turned out great. I think it turned out fantastic. Uh, you know, um, I'm glad you sort of swept aside any intimidation or anything you felt because, of course, it's all silly, you know. We're just two guys talking, you know. No, well, I, I maybe the alcohol helped. I, I, you know, oh, I, well. I was I, I was less intimidated. Because... Good, good. <laughs> because all that, you know, all that stuff is so silly. I understand that. Uh it's so, uh, you know, we're not we're not here in this world for that long, and uh, there's no reason for any of us to feel like we can't communicate with each other. You know, there really isn't. No, no. Well, I, I am a, a, I'm a big fan of yours and your your podcast. Thank was you. there any Was there anything else? I this is where the alcohol's kicking in. Is there anything sure. else that you uh, should have plugged before I end the recording? No, no. They, they, uh, anyone who's interested can uh, always hear the podcast uh, wherever podcasts are harvested. Um, <laughs> Spotify, Apple, you know, wherever those are. Um, and it's called uh, How to Talk to Humans with Larry Wilson. And, uh, and I would urge anyone who is interested in pursuing um 
improving their communication skills. Um, anyone really to hit the Wilson method.com, but particularly they should hit the Wilson method.com slash Jeff. Because there that's going to have a whole bounty of things for them that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this alcoholic will have I'm a much available. <laughs> I'm not available elsewhere. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Larry, I, I've had so much fun talking to you. And thank you so much. You've uh, you've pleasure. actually. You, you've actually expanded my boundaries because I was like. 11 p.m. That sounds like a horrible idea. I'm like, but for him, whatever. Well, I really if you had said, if you had said 3 a.m., I would have been like, all right, well, that's when I'm doing it. And I uh, really, really appreciate it. No, no, yeah. And and look, by the way, I want to make it clear for my listeners. He was not a diva about it. I said anytime after 7:30, and he said, How's this? And I said, Okay. <laughs> right. Well, uh, of course, I never know. Um, you know, um, I'm friends with David Copperfield, you know, the world's uh, most uh, successful magician. And David, I don't think David ever goes to sleep before 6 a.m. I mean, uh, for him, if you say, oh, let's do something at midnight, let's do something at 1, at 2, at 3... He's he's up ready roaring to go, you know. That's the middle of his day for him. So I never know exactly where people are at. Um and I I almost think when when I asked you about that, I'm not sure I realized you were on East Coast time. I just thought I I I don't know. I don't think you did. And also I think I made it pretty clear I was a I was drunk. So Time doesn't no, matter. You just said at this time, <laughs> all have had a couple drinks. I did, I did say that. I'm like, as long as the only thing is, I never want to make a sober person uncomfortable. If I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a little shitty. <laughs> but if you, as long as you don't care. No. And then this, this, this really was. One of it's not my favorite uh podcast, Larry. <laughs> like I, I was I was intimidated because I'm like, this guy is so funny and so perfect. And and your podcast too. I've listened to your podcast. Um again, I should be saying this when we're not recording, so I sound like less of a well, less of a bitch but uh no, you, know. you can just you can edit stuff around you can do whatever you want right i'll but, edit this all out i'll let it be like you larry you're so lucky you joined me on the that's right exactly right <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i'd like to introduce a man who's extremely lucky to be in my presence tonight yes yeah uh that's, you can you can edit it however but i'll also tell you something man i uh truly had a fantastic time here and anytime you want to do it reach out at any time i'm happy to do it again whatever you have in mind you let me know oh well you're you're opening the door here 
Larry. Okay. <laughs> I, I I should tell you as part of my training, I, I have a tendency to not say things unless I really mean it. So you can count on it. There we go. You you heard it. Larry Larry Wilson will will be on the Jeff Bacalino podcast again unless I die shortly, which <laughs> you know might happen. Who knows? Yeah. But then Larry, one of your kids could take over for you. That's true. My daughter actually this week did. See, I, I've been getting text messages and Instagram things all day of like, your daughter is so great. I'm like, what about me? They're like, your daughter's great. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. That's so funny. That's so funny. At I, least I, I tried. I, that's so funny. <laughs> Talk about conflicting emotions. Like, ah, yes, I knew she would be great. What about me? No, oh, no. You're proud, but also resentful. <laughs> oh, damn it. But that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Larry, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. My pleasure. On. And uh, I I definitely will be asking you back, and uh, I I will not resent you if you're like, who is this? I don't know. Who. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you, and you can take this to the bank. That's not going to happen. Um, I'll tell you this, Jeff. I have a tendency sometimes to have trouble remembering people's names who annoy me. But people have a positive experience with, like I have with you, Believe me, Jeff Macalino, that's not going anywhere. That's very clearly in my brain. Um, <laughs> but it, it is frightening how I didn't realize this when I was younger, but I realized eventually something would come up about someone who really did me dirty and I couldn't remember their name. I, I would try just it was gone. It was like I hit delete on that. But uh, it's probably healthy. Have, I guess I'm not sure, but. <laughs> But the people have a positive experience. Uh, I'd like nothing better. And like I say, if I'm ever near your part of the world, um, uh, I uh, will definitely give you a shout. It'd be fantastic. Oh, please. Please. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing more I want than, than to hang out with you, man. Yeah, I, I mean Thank that you. sincerely. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you, Larry. My pleasure. And I'll be looking forward to hearing this. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you so much, Larry Wilson. I'm going to hold him to uh, coming back on the podcast sometime for sure. Um, there it was live and uncut. Uh, I I only listened to a couple of quick segments of it to make sure the audio wasn't uh, messed up. I'll uh, I'll probably go back and and listen to it. Maybe mine it for some YouTube clips uh, after. Uh, uh well after i'm recording this uh but uh hopefully i didn't embarrass myself but look first of all i i think uh you know i know i know uh larry uh is you know he's a he's an expert in communication and i'm sure that uh he didn't embarrass himself so that's really all that matters uh i i um you know i checked on podchaser so this only counts the episodes I'm actually credited in on Podchaser. 
And before this episode comes out, I have a total airtime of one week and 19 hours. Uh, that does not include probably, I don't know, 50 hours on FL teams. That does not include Friends of Zeus is not on there. So that's probably another five, six hours. Um, uh, that doesn't include Drunk Jeff Eats, which let's face it, nothing's going to be more embarrassing than watching me eat. Uh, so I'm sure I'm sure I'm fine. That also doesn't include Mr. Dog Poop Daily News Report or whatever the heck the show's name is called. It was the man show live for a few weeks. Now it's something else. Uh, I'll I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> but when it was the man show live, you couldn't really find it when you search for it. So there is a there is a problem when that is the case with the name of a show. So there we go. Thanks again to Larry. Uh, just a fantastic uh, guest, fantastic performer, and I look forward to uh, speaking with him again. Uh, that is about all. Check out that trailer and let me know what you think. Uh, make sure you you do me the favor of subscribing on YouTube and following on uh, Twitter if you have Twitter, and Facebook if you have Facebook, and Instagram if you have Instagram, and TikTok. I, I don't really know if I care enough to tell you to do that it'll be banned soon anyway so who cares right uh thank you to the sponsors and uh boom it's over thanks for listening it was amazing <laughs> i i loved it be sure to come back for another great episode. I'm one wing away from Jeff Macalino. Of the Jeff Macalino Podcast. How much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast? You went just straight, that's my name. I'll add the word podcast to it. Yup. See you next week.